Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I am super grateful you are here with me this week. So hopefully your summer is off to a great start. It's hard to believe we're already halfway through summer. I have no idea where the time has gone. And hopefully you're hanging out with friends and you're enjoying some barbecues and pool parties and get-togethers and going out to dinner at restaurants now that things are, you know, pretty opened up because of COVID. I know it's been a long year and a half for most of us and all of us. And I know for myself, one of the things that I have been loving, because we were pretty locked down during COVID, we were really careful about where we went. And we actually didn't go out very much um, because my husband is high risk for COVID. And so we we stayed pretty low. And I really missed the energy of just being with friends and that energy of being in a group and just the positive fill up that I would get when I would come home from an event like that of just being really energized, being around people, especially my close friends. And I've missed that connection so much. And I started thinking about this episode and the connection with friends. And I'll tell you the tie-in. One of the reasons why I think we get so filled up from our friends is because our friends are typically so compassionate and loving and so accepting of who we are and what we bring to the table. I know I'm super blessed with friends that are like that with me. And it feels so good because sometimes the inner voice that we have in our head can feel so bad. And As I was thinking about this episode, I started thinking, you know, I think that's also why being with friends can feel so good because we have them reflecting back to us a a true and honest version of who we are. Because if you're anything like me, and the truth is we all have an inner critic, I know I have one, and that inner critic voice can be really harsh. It says things to me that I would never in a million years say to my friends. And some of those things are really awful. I would never tell a friend, you look fat today. Why did you say that? Why did you make that comment? You know, you said too much. You said too little. You weren't qualified to be in that room or to be sharing your opinion. Why were you so over the top? Or why were you too quiet? Why didn't you speak up? I mean, that voice can be so exhausting to listen to. And I want you to just pause and think about how loud that voice is for you. 
Because for some of my clients that I work with, and even for myself, as I started to do the work on the inner critic, I didn't even realize that was a separate voice. I didn't even realize that that was a voice that I had the power to control and I had the power to turn down. So I wanted to step back and talk about, you know, what is the inner critic? So sometimes it can be called the inner critic. It can be called the inner saboteur. My coaching school actually called it the gremlin voice. And, you know, it can be the Darth Vader voice. It can be just this horrible voice. And I invite you to think about that voice for yourself and name it. I love my business partner, Lori Tab always says, you got to name it to tame it. And I'm definitely giving her credit for that because it's true. You know, when you can start to name something and build that awareness, which honestly is 90% of the battle, that's when you can start to get control over the voice in your head. So name it to tame it. And we were actually invited in our coaching school as we talked about our gremlin We were invited to actually think about whose voice is that? Because the truth is, you know, giving you a history of where the inner critic is born is it's really a voice that is born to us as we're children. And it's a survival voice. So it can be the voice of a critical parent. It can be the voice of a critical aunt or uncle, grandparent. It can be a critical voice of a bully at school, a teacher who was really hard on us or critical of us. And what happens is we internalize that voice and we don't understand that it's an outside voice, like I mentioned. And it's really important to understand that we do have control over that voice. But it's also important for us to have compassion about how that voice was born. So I invite you to think about You know, how was that voice born for you? And, you know, both my business partner, Lori Tab, and I are um, coaches for a program called Positive Intelligence. It was developed by Shirzad Shamin. And the basis of this program is all about taming this inner critic or this inner saboteur, learning about where it comes from and replacing it with another voice. And we'll talk about that voice in another episode, because this is going to be one of several episodes I do on, you know, taming your inner critic. First of all, understanding it. That's what this episode is about. And the next episode, we'll talk about the alternative voice. It's actually called the sage voice. We'll talk about that voice and what you can do with that voice to really help counteract the saboteur voice. And... Shirzad Shamin is a Stanford researcher, and he's written a book called Positive Intelligence, and he actually has an entire coaching program because all of his research focuses in on the things that we struggle with. If you really get underneath all of our struggles, they all boil down to this inner critic or this inner saboteur voice. So when you think about kind of the problems that you struggle with, you know, the the inner saboteur pushes us to succeed, pushes us to excel um, from a place of fear, from a place of stress, from a place of anger or guilt or insecurity. And what can happen is 
when we are about to do something really exciting, let's say we're about to make a career move, we're about to enter into a new relationship, we're about to start a new hobby, we're about to do anything new and exciting that we've been curious about that maybe we've been putting on the back burner for a while. It's so interesting because that inner saboteur voice can become really loud, really loud. And all of a sudden, it's telling us things like, who do you think you are? You really think that you can go for that VP or that CEO role? Are you serious? You know, it's the basis of imposter syndrome, right? It's that self-doubt, the rumination. And it can boil down to going for a, you know, a big thing in your life, taking a big step. But it can also sabotage our our work on a daily basis. You know, when we take 45 minutes to send an email that should take us five because we're thinking and rethinking and ruminating on the words we use, how we position it, and we're, you know, spending so much energy. And the cost, I want you to think about what the cost is of your saboteur. I know for most of the people I coach and for myself, you know, the, the cost of it is exhaustion. It's being completely energetically drained. It's the cost of time because, you know, you sit and you ruminate over things that you should just instinctively be able to just do quickly. If you weren't so worried about being perfect or how it was going to be perceived by others or how it was going to impact your team or your group. But instead, we spend so much time ruminating and it's wasted time. So exhaustion, waste of time, and also really, it holds us back from not meeting our goals. Because so often, when we go to take that big step, we go to make that big move, our inner saboteur can be so loud that it prevents us from making that next step. And Quite honestly, when when I think about my career and I think about how long I stayed in my corporate role, 27 years. And granted, it, I had a great team. I had a great working environment. The company was great. Everything was great. But interestingly enough, now that I'm out of the company, I realize how many kind of justification lies my saboteur was telling me because my inner saboteur was really trying to protect me. And it was trying to protect me from taking this big leap into the unknown. And we're wired biologically. We are wired. And the saboteur voice actually tries to keep us safe. However, the saboteur voice is really outdated. And the reason why it's outdated is if you think back to early man, we had to be wired. We had to be physically wired to focus in on the negative. And I want you to think about that. Our bodies, our minds are biologically set up to always focus in on the negative. And the reason why is if we were to walk out of the cave one day and we were to see a rainbow on the right-hand side of us or a saber-toothed tiger on the left-hand side of us, we are biologically wired to focus in on the saber-toothed tiger. 
And the reason for that is obviously to keep us safe. Because if we were to sit in awe of the beauty of the rainbow, we risk our life in that situation. And unfortunately, you know, those days are long gone. We live in a different time and a different era, but our bodies haven't caught up with where we are mentally in this day and age. And it can cause us so much unneeded stress and exhaustion and burnout and avoidance of us really not reaching our goals. The biggest thing is just to be aware of this. I, you know, I work with so many clients who struggle with this inner saboteur. When we peel back the layers and we really get to the root cause of what is holding people back, it's 100% of the time, this inner saboteur that is keeping people from reaching their potential. And that's why I think it's so important for us to talk about this today. And that's why I wanted to do an entire podcast episode on it, because I want people to be empowered. I want you to be empowered to know that you have power over this voice. So Shirzad Shamin talks about the fact that we, we all have an inner critic. And that's what's really important to understand, too. It's easy to look at other people in our lives it could be other family members. It could be our spouse. It could be other colleagues at work. It could be celebrities who we admire. Um, you know, I'll take Oprah, for example. She's a woman I highly admire for the contribution and for that she's made to this world and for where she's come from and where she's gone to in her life. I mean, she is just a go-getter. She is absolutely someone I think is admirable. She even struggles with an inner saboteur. We all do. We all have a judge inside of us that is judging some aspect of who we are. And Shirzad Shamin talks about the fact that not only do we all have this judge, but there's also these accomplice saboteurs that really ladder up as part of this judge. And there's nine of them. And I'm just going to talk about one today, and it's going to be, I'm going to share my own personal experience. And one of the accomplice saboteurs is the hyperachiever. And I, on an assessment, I absolutely score highest on the hyperachiever. And, you know, I just want to tell you a little bit about the hyperachiever. So the hyperachiever is someone who is really dependent on constant performance and achievement for self-respect and self-validation. Um, they can be really focused on external validation and that acceptance of others. And the downside of this is that they can tend to feel like their worth is tied up in their work. And so especially women, I see a lot of this in the women I work with, they tend to think that if I just work harder, if I just work longer, if I just put my head down and volunteer for more projects and take on more work then I will get noticed, then I will get the attention and the acceptance of my team members, and then I'll get promoted. And this hyperachiever is, has strengths. And one of the things that's also really important to understand is that our inner saboteur is born of our strengths. So let me repeat that again. Our inner saboteur is born of our strengths. So typically, 
it's something that we got praised for early on in our childhood, or it's something that we had to adapt to in order to get love or acceptance when we were kids. And again, it's this isn't about you know blaming parents because all of our parents did the best they could with what they had. But when parents start to or continue to reward kids for good grades, that can develop a hyperachiever saboteur. Because all of a sudden you are tying your worth and your love from your family to performance. We see this a lot in people that excel in sports. If they're the best of the best in their sports team, they get scholarships to college. You know, their inner and self-worth is dependent on their performance. You take somebody like Michael Phelps, who, you know, has gone to the Olympics and he's openly talked about his mental health struggles because so much of his self-identity was connected to his performance in the pool. So obviously a huge strength that he exhibited day in and day out to be such a high achiever and and win so many Olympic medals. But as I share with my clients, if you look at any tall building in New York, it's tall, it's grand, it's it, it is just this amazing, powerful building. It always has a shadow side. And so I invite you to think about what is the shadow side of your strengths? That typically is your saboteur. Your strength in overdrive is your saboteur. So something you're really good at, like I am great at getting a lot of stuff done. I am great at tackling projects. When I was in corporate, I t- I always, there were my, myself and two other women on my team, we always had the most amount of projects on our plates because we were just people that got shit done. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff done all the time. Well, the problem with that is that's what becomes expected. And then you have to always be churning out more and more and more to elevate. And then when something goes wrong, your self-worth is tied up in that. I know for me, you know, there were several times in points in my career where a project didn't go the way I wanted it to, or a result didn't happen the way I wanted it to, or I didn't meet my numbers from a sales quota perspective. And um, it really bothered me. And it really affected how I felt about myself. And that's because I was tying my identity into how much I was achieving all the time. And I mentioned the hyperachiever and I share my own personal experience because so many of the women that are listening to this podcast and so many of the women I coach have a hyperachiever saboteur. And I sometimes we can get caught up in saying, oh, I am a hyperachiever. And one of the things that Shirzad Shamin shares, and I want to also share with you, is it's important to acknowledge that you have a hyperachiever saboteur, but that you aren't a hyperachiever. Because when you start to identify with your saboteur, you're making a connection that you can't untangle it and that you can't diminish your saboteur. And we all have the power to change. And the power in being aware of this inner saboteur is that you're being aware, first of all, and you're being intentional 
about how you want to move forward in life. So I want to talk about some of the strengths of the inner saboteur. So for example, with my hyperachiever saboteur, you know, one of the strengths, well, I'll talk about several of the strengths, is that I'm driven, I'm pragmatic, I'm adaptable, I'm goal-oriented, I'm self-directed. Um, secondly, I'm capable of really growing myself and others to achieve their full potential. So I'm a consummate learner. I'm always learning and growing and seeking out new opportunities. I mean, that's why I love being an entrepreneur because there isn't one day that is exactly the same. I have been on a daily learning journey for the last two years since I started my company. And it's been amazing. And it fits right into this hyperachiever because I'm always growing myself. And then the third aspect of the hyperachiever um, that is a strength is that, you know, when I'm inner directed, it, it can be very inspiring to myself and to others, you know, my commitment to growth and achievement. So when others look at me, they can see that as a goal that they would like to achieve themselves. And I can be inspirational in that way to others because I am so driven. You know, some of the the justification lies that the hyperachiever can tell themselves is that life is really just about achieving and producing results. And that portraying a good image can help people achieve results. And that sometimes feelings can be minimized as a distraction and they don't really help anything. I see this a lot with people that are in senior management roles on up into the CEO or C-suite level, people I coach. It's interesting because we just did, we're in the middle of doing a co-ed group leadership development training. And we asked the group the traits that they see in good leaders. And literally everything that they mentioned was a soft skill. They talked about good leaders being inspirational, having trust, really empowering their people, you know, giving people room to make mistakes and fail forward, empowering them to trust their gut and to make decisions, uh, encouraging people to take risks, you know, having leaders that show you that they deeply care about who you are. They, you know, they have the ability to bring out the best in who you are and they make you feel a certain way. And if you really think about that, I invite you to think about good leaders that you've had in your career. How have they made you feel? They've most likely made you feel that you had the ability to reach your potential. They probably made you feel that you had the strength and the wherewithal to get there. And they had a belief in you that maybe you didn't have in yourself. And it's so interesting because that's what everyone shared in the group. And as high achievers, oftentimes we can kind of put these feelings or the way we make people feel on the back burner. And that is 80 to 90% of being a good leader is these emotional and soft skills and the EQ training that we really need to hone in and and take stock of. And we, as hyperachievers, we can get so distracted by achieving the results that sometimes we can have this imbalance of how we get there. So just something important to think about on how we impact are not only ourselves, but others by having this hyperachiever saboteur. Um, the other thing is, is that for hyperachievers, 
you know, most of the time we have the the physical and the mental ability to to really take on and and get over any hill that comes in our way. And it's interesting because we can climb these really high mountains and feel really good about ourselves when we get to the top. But for most hyperachievers, that peace, that happiness, that sense of fulfillment, that acknowledgement of, wow, I really achieved this and I never thought I could do that. It's, it's fleeting and it's short-lived. We sometimes don't even celebrate when we get to the top. We're like, okay, where's the next mountain? So does any of this sound like you? <laughs> because I know as I was going through Shirzad's program, this absolutely resonated with me. And it's so important that we, we take the time to celebrate. We take the time to look back and acknowledge how much we've grown, how much we've learned, how much we've changed as a person. And so often we really don't take the time to do that, nor do we take the time to just celebrate ourselves and celebrate who we are and the strength we had and the determination and the perseverance we had. We don't acknowledge that about ourselves. And that can also be the value of having a coach. So I say that because oftentimes I am reminding my clients how far they've come. We're, we're pausing to take note and to look back because they often don't take the time to do it themselves. And they need someone, they need that accountability partner to kind of push pause for a moment and to help them slow down So they could take and acknowledge where they've been, which helps them move forward with even more focus, more determination, and more confidence. So the other impact that the hyperachiever can have on ourself and others is that our self-acceptance and our self-worth is really continuously conditioned on our next success. So I don't know how many of you say this to yourselves, but you know, I'll be happy when I'll be fulfilled when I achieve XYZ, when I get to the VP role, when I get to the C suite, when I make X amount of money, when I have the house in the great neighborhood, when my kids have achieved blah, blah, blah. And it's just so interesting because that self acceptance should be focusing on all of the aspects that we talk about great leaders. This is where, you know, leading our life comes into self-leadership. How are we being acknowledging and accepting and patient with ourselves like we would want a good leader to be for ourselves? This is an opportunity for us to be that leader for ourselves that we admire in other leaders externally. So just something to think about. One of the other things that the impact on being a hyperachiever can have on others and ourselves is that we could pull others into this performance vortex of the hyperachiever. So if we are a team leader who is a hyperachiever, who has a hyperachiever saboteur, we can easily create a lot of stress on our team with this feeling that everyone else has to achieve the way we achieve. And then we actually become responsible and for influencing them to have, you know, a pretty lopsided view in terms of their focus in on external achievement. 
because we're so focused in on that. So it's just something to think about as you're kind of moving through your day as a leader, um, both in your personal life and in your work life. So where did all of this come from? So as I mentioned, you know, being a, uh, our saboteurs are born in our childhood and specifically for the hyperachiever, that, that validation that we got, the acceptance and the love was all conditioned from our parents, typically with regard to performance. And that's how we got attention. You know, we were either top of our class and we got the, the gold star and we stood up in front of the class and accepted the award and we felt good about ourselves. It's also the result of conditional or altogether absent validation from parent figures. So it can actually be the opposite. When our parents didn't validate us for what we achieved, and now we are just achieving, 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 and overachieving to finally get that validation that we didn't get from our parents. So I invite you to think about which one of those resonates with you. And the bottom line is, is that even with very loving and approving parents, it's so easy to get the sense that we are loved in return for achieving or obeying the rules or having good manners, especially for women, especially for women. This is why I coach my clients on, you know, how can you rebel against some of that? And I have to use the word rebel because we are taught that being quiet, being the good girl obeying the rules, having good manners, waiting our turn. And those behaviors that we were rewarded for as kids can actually hold us back in our careers. So also just something something to think about. So as we talk about, you know, this hyperachiever saboteur being one of a nine, you know, a total of nine saboteurs, I invite you to think about this conversation and How does your saboteur get in the way of what you want in your life? What is the impact on a daily basis that the saboteur is having on you? Are you mentally drained? Are you physically exhausted? Is it wasting time? Are you wasting time listening to the saboteur because you're trying to get everything perfect? We all have an inner saboteur. The truth is we often need an outside perspective to help us understand and decouple our saboteur from who we are as people. I would love to help you on this journey. Like I said, I'm I'm trained in all of the saboteurs and the process of mental fitness, which is based on the book um, and the research by Shirzad Shamin of Positive Intelligence. And I would be happy to help you with it. We also address the saboteur And how to, which I'll talk about in the next podcast episode, is how to really turn down that voice and how to kind of get out of your own way and what to do next. We talk about all of this in the Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab. It's it's July. Well, I'm recording this on July 17th. So as of this recording, when it drops, we are starting a brand new 12-week cohort starting on August 2nd. And we are closing registration pretty soon. And we talk about all of this because this is really the bottom line of what gets in your way around helping you achieve what's next in your career. So if this work is interesting to you and it's something you want to dive deeper on, please reach out to me and we would love to have you have a seat 
in our Women Leading Powerfully Leadership Lab. I'm happy to have a 30-minute conversation with you to find out if it's a good fit for you. The women that have gone through the program have said that tackling the saboteur and understanding what to do and how to move through this has been life-changing because it's helped them remove so many of the blocks and it's really freed them up to have more freedom to be fun, to just have the feeling of freedom, to stop with the perfectionism tendencies, to stop living a life based on fear and what's the worst that can happen to me in this situation, to really living a life full of possibilities and reaching their full potential. The women that have gone through the program, they are taking bigger risks. They are more confident. They have clarity. They're having way more fun. And so many of them have either elevated in their career or if they were in a case of unemployment, they have gotten completely amazing jobs after they've gone through the leadership lab. So I just had one of my clients that went through the leadership lab have to sift through five to six job offers because she came after she went through the saboteur work that we tackle in the leadership lab. She became so confident in herself that she was just showing up differently to job interviews. And she landed five jobs and she had been out of work for a year. And now she has her dream job with her dream company. And if you're listening, I know you know who you are and I'm super excited for you and just so proud of the work that you've done and the the, the development that you've taken on and the courage you've had to really look at the saboteur in your life and how it had been holding you back. So if this is something interesting to you, please reach out to me, natalie at corecreationcoaching.com. I'm happy to have a conversation and would love for you to have a seat in our next leadership lab. So hopefully I will talk to you soon. If you have any questions, reach out and I will see you next week where we will be talking about the other side of the saboteur and how do we approach and have this different voice and how do we start to relieve some of these obstacles that are in our way. So until then, have a great week and I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now. Thank you.